Awesome. And we are live. Episode 2 of The Boy of Boys. I, myself, am Jay, and I am joined by Casey. Hey, John. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's just pretty warm here in London today. Yeah, super, super warm. I went out earlier. Um, it's not as breezy as I'd expect, but... No, you know, not compared... You, not compared to yesterday. Yesterday was pretty. It was actually a really good day. There was a lot of wind. A lot of people were outside, biking and running around. But today, everybody's indoors. About twenty-four degrees right now, so it's pretty warm. That's true. That's true. And you know what they say in England: beggars can't be choosers when it comes to sunlight. Nobody's <laughs> really said that, but I've said it, so it's out there in the universe. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um, we are joined today. We have esteemed guests. We have the Southwest bro workout you see the pausing i did there way i I need a clap machine to just clap and everything so um basically the southwest bro workout comprised of albert and Raphael lisby so uh to me like the lisby brothers you know um iconic like the mario brothers (laughs) in the the world of uh of um of fitness in south london so um albert how are you? Yes, Jonathan. Thanks for having us. I'm good, man. I'm not too bad at all. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. And Raphael? Hi, guys. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing pretty oh, good. We're good. We're good. Good to Thank hear, you man. Very, very much. Yeah, man. So what have you guys been doing in this in this cool weather over the weekend? It's been a very, well, you could say a productive one. So did a little Saturday workout session yesterday morning. So we've been doing that for the last, well, two months, ever since lockdown, really. So we've just tried to keep that up because, you know, it's a passionate thing for us. So we just tried to keep consistent. But, um, yeah, it's been all right. It's been good. We even had some people requesting to even join us even. So, and a lot of... Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Even a lot of, you know, little stairs in the distance, trying to pretend we don't see it, but we've definitely seen it. So Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's probably important to say to the, to the listeners now that, we are just at the end of our um, lockdown, mm. um, but to be honest, if it's open air, it's fine. So that's the that's the that's the uh, that's that's the uh, disclaimer out there. But yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, because I can imagine the looks you guys are getting in the park. Like, oh my god, they're working out. What are they doing? Just, uh, well, it's open air, madam, and we're all wearing masks. So yeah. how about that? <laughs> no, no, yeah, just just to add yeah. to that disclaimer, we were wearing gloves, wearing masks, and we were still maintaining social mm. distance, and even Ooh. broken up into smaller groups. So. It was kind of a weird army boot camp formation, different yeah. from what we usually do. But, you know, the rules were still applying to our workouts. And mm-hmm. it was really tiny groups. It was literally just like pairs, wasn't it? Two, yeah. pairs of two, literally, yeah. really. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, thinking of that, it was the, the fitness industry. Do you think, um, well, in terms of the personal training aspect, that, that I'd imagine that would be one of the first parts of the industry to adjust very quickly to things such as lockdown. Am I right? Yeah, you're definitely absolutely right. Because, I mean, we've seen examples for ourselves of, um, let's say, people from our gym, other PTs that we know, we, they've had to immediately take their own type of action, where, wherever, whether it's, you know, one-to-one sessions outside, um, keeping their distance, of course, from other people, but really having to improvise, if you know what I mean, in terms of the equipment they can bring out, um, where they can go, what time they can meet up, depending on how busy the parks are, lots of different things like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's been oh. yeah, it's been very interesting. So I've I've even had to do the same thing myself in terms of one or two people that I've trained. But you know, you have to definitely rearrange the times and things like that because you know some people are still employed in this case, whereas others are not on well oh, yeah. People, yeah you know some people could be unemployed some people just have ample amount of time now so yeah yeah like they're on furlough yeah so a lot of adaptings had to be done in this case but um it's it's manageable it's a good you know experience to to go through because like i keep saying to people you'll never get time like this again so you know that's it yeah. that's it but um so for those that don't know um albert Mm. Um, could you give us just a, a quick background um, on, on yourself? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's been a very quite consistent fitness background, I could say. So from if you want to go back as far as college, so I did a BTEC sports science um, diploma for two years. So uh, oh, nice. yeah, 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 that was quite in depth. So it was a lot of um, very heavy work, but it's, it was a good wake up call of, of the lot of things you have to learn in terms of how you um work with the body things you have to tailor for people things like that a lot of different tests and um nutritional background things that you have to learn and like it's not just all about doing push-ups or sit-ups things like that you have to yeah because yeah, yeah i think that's the misconception right because i did um a b-tech in uh lab and industrial science right. and we sat in with a lot of the sports science um class would sit into our chemistry and our biology classes as well mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people don't actually realize how how technical and scientific it actually is um i know it's got the name of that sports science but i I think people think it's like oh meatheads they're going to be doing this (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, it's true (laughs) but no it's it's really an intellectual field you know yeah very intellectual so um if anything i'll probably say that was the hardest thing i've done so far because it was a very sudden change from going from let's say gcscp and um sports going straight into a level three diploma it was like from one extreme to another, but it was a good wake up call because there was a lot of um, time management you had to focus on as well. Like, let's say in terms of assignments and things like that, you have to look up a lot of different research material that other, let's say, therapists, um, uh, physiotherapists, personal trainers, um, sports coaches, lots of different type of backgrounds, how they train different people, how they go through these rehab procedures over weeks, and you can sort of adapt that to your own training when you eventually become qualified as well so yeah those two yeah. were very um i'd say they're very productive it was pretty tough but it was good it was good so yeah because I, I could imagine because compared to sort of something like an a level i mean they're the same level qualification mm. but um from my experience with btec it's a lot more practical you need you mm, have a lot of definitely. on on uh, real world uh, on the job sort of analysis and experience like they'll take you to a real lab um, whilst in in some um, A level classes, you'll just really um, work in the classroom lab and then look at the theory. Whilst for us, for for um, the the B tech for the lab industrial, we went to uh, a materials testing lab. We went mm. to we went to various uh, places and spoke to a lot of people who just say, you know what, it's, it's if you are doing a B tech, it's really easy for you to plug into the industry as a junior mm. um, because you have that sort of um, practical experience. And rather than having teaching you to pass a test at a certain stage you are you've got a lot of these small assessments but they're reinforced with these huge that huge amount of coursework because i'm sure you had tons of coursework that was really due like every two weeks you'd have you'd have a ton of of um of theory and analysis coursework which is a 
you know, it's 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 really heavy. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Just going off the point you said as well in terms of um the facilities we had in that college, we was actually quite lucky if, if we could even say because there was a lot of um real life based scenarios that they had to put us in in terms of how we was gonna pass our assessment. So you had to do things in a group assessment almost or sometimes a one to one, but you have the intensity of the the um the teacher watching you who's doing the oh, assessment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was like and then sometimes they'll take us one time I think they took us to UCL college or university rather in um Elephant Castle. So they have a lot of facilities there in terms of like testing procedures, oh, yeah. um monitoring your VO two max and doing a lot of other health uh, measurements and testing like that so it was very good it was very good there was a lot of things that i could say we we took from there that you wouldn't get in like a normal class setting as you as you said so yeah it was definitely good ah oh, fantastic fantastic so where's that led you now in your career path what are you what are you doing now currently well currently now so kind of juggling two things at once well i mean post or pre-quarantine we was well i was working in um this sparring gym in in Voxel, it was like a small residential leisure center. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, this one is, it was different because before that I was working in a more public, typical leisure center where you have a swimming pool, a gym, um, you have to do a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, they throw you, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's not what you, that you would expect initially. It's like, you have to do a lot of um, admin, a lot of sales, a lot of the things you wouldn't expect yourself to go into initially into a fitness um, environment. So you have to try and get people to sign up into your gyms, um, almost sell it like it's your own dream, but you have to just build yourself up into the industry first. So yeah. that's really interesting, actually, yeah. you, you would never actually you'd never you'd never think that when you go into um, th- that sector that you would actually be a salesman per se, yeah. you'd, ha- you'd have to learn all these aspects of um let's say service service management or service design <laughs> exactly, yeah. you'd actually be selling and and you know and, and maintaining customers and stuff like that so that's quite interesting uh, you'd never guess that. yeah it was very and is it, no sorry yeah yeah i was just thinking that i'm like wow you, you're selling you're selling a lot of stuff man yeah but yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah um actually hold that for mm. and we can uh we can bring in uh bring in rap yeah please to give us just a view on uh, uh well give us give us his background as well because i have a ton of questions for both of you together mm. um and uh, it's only it's only right that listeners get to hear um big raf's background <laughs> <laughs> big raf <laughs> i know that's not a thing it's not a thing <laughs> oh god all right uh yeah so raf gosh where do we start so in terms of fitness you might as well say career it technically started, you might as well say, three years ago, um, officially. Like, I've been act physically active and training for, like, I'd say the last eight to ten years. But taking it seriously as an actual career really occurred in the last three years. And um, that was um, around the time we started this actual brand. Because mm, yeah. before then, it was like, you know, I was studying more science and art-based course. I was pursuing a path in... 3d art and it was something i was you know really interested in really invested in but because i'd been doing it for so many years i wasn't really getting anywhere with it i was really getting burnt out and on the side i was always training and it was something that was very consistent and along with albert actually you know studying becoming officially qualified learning everything 
the train the training on my part became um more advanced and improved i was learning more stuff it was becoming much more enjoyable and then it was kind of like a scale where the 3d art side started to tip like kind of fade away and you might as well say way down um off my actual interest and then the actual training started to become more of a focal point where i was like i want to do this for life i want to train myself i want to train other people so that was when mm-hmm. southwest bro um you know mm-hmm. became born i mean it was hilarious because we we basically just said it one day and then came out of the name and then at the same time at the same, yeah at the same time <laughs> is it like one of those moments you're like southwest bro so it was weird because like pretty much everyone i knew like was expecting me to become you know an artist in some form or matter whether it was a 3d artist or a fine artist something that involved that kind of industry but I kind of just made this massive 180 one day where I was just like, I really don't like doing this. I can't see myself doing this. I enjoy it as a hobby, but as a career, no. But fitness was, I've always put time into it. I was always learning things off of Albert, off of other people, reading books, watching videos, just, and um, you know, full on research. And it got to the point where I was thinking, I'm putting so much time and effort into this. I should really start to think is this going to be a long-term career or am I just going to try and balance being a 3D artist and training? And I knew what the answer was. That was never going to happen because they're such two different fields. Yeah. I mean, that being said, if there's there's such two uh, different fields, like on your 3D artwork, was there an opportunity? So whilst you were you were doing both simultaneously, was there, was there a point where what you were doing in uh with with regards to fitness and and knowing the body structure would that sort of could that carry over into um the um 3d modeling and design um like like the anatomy and stuff did that did you find that there were some things that that you could pull over it kind of did. and vice versa it, it kind of did but i feel like it was funny enough you just said it already i feel like it was vice versa like um because when I was studying 3D art, there was a lot of obviously anatomy-based stuff. And funny enough, Albert was doing it as well mm-hmm. because um, there was a lot of Latin words I had to learn. And I was like saying to Albert, I was like, oh, I know that. Like when I would be building the shoulder of a model or if I was building the trapezius muscles in the back of a model. And they kind of complemented in a way like back and forth. So in that regard, in terms of the knowledge, they did complement each other. It's just the the um, work life and aspect was when it became conflicting because you could end up spending like eight to 10 hours sometimes on a model and then you'd be too burned out to even think about training or vice versa. You'd be spending time training and then you get, you go and sit down and you're looking at the screen and thinking, okay, I'm going to draw this line. And then it's like, you've been sitting at this line for about two hours and made no progress. (laughs) Yeah. That, yeah, I, I couldn't. Yeah, I, I, I remember um, the only little overlap I can, the only time I can relate is a small portion when I did a bit of 3D modeling with regards to designing mm. buildings and stuff. Um, and yeah, so you you do kind of you do kind of have to stare at something for so long. And and I remember um, because uh, we went to the same uh, university, right, Kingston. Yep. So at Kingston, yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, shout out to all the Kingstonians out there. You know, um, but yeah. So 
I remember that at some point um, we would we would we would we would see each other in 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 some of the 3D modeling labs, and you'd be like, you know, I'm just taking a break just so you get a fresh pair of eyes and just relax for a bit, and then go back and go because mm-hmm. it's so it's so the concentration needed. Uh, I, I'm not sure people understand the amount of, the level of concentration you need whilst you whilst you're whilst you're modeling. I mean, it, it's 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 crazy. Mm-hmm. And do you find that that concentration sort of helps you? focus in terms of fitness and, and achieving goals and, and building your brand with Albert. Um it, it, is is that something that, that um that you would say sort of helps? Um yeah I, I could actually agree with that because um funny enough was when I look back I keep thinking oh you know you have those weird thoughts where you're like oh I wish years ago I w- I just had pursued what I'm doing now from the get go. But I look at it as a, you know, like a, as a broad, like, um, spectrum or timeline where I'm like, what I did in uni has actually contributed and if not helped and promote what we're doing now, because in university, as you said, and with the modeling, you have to concentrate, you have to be very strict and specific and dedicated with what you're doing. You also had to set, you know, like a timeline out. You also had to plan what you were doing before you even did it. And yeah. A lot of that actually, you know, kind of converted over to when I started doing more fitness-based stuff. You started looking at anatomy more. You started planning which muscle you're going to work, how it worked, how it moved. The same way in 3D art, you had to look, okay, an arm can't just, you know, move um, backwards and behind your back comfortably. So in a way, that would um, apply when you were doing mm. your fitness and training. So, yeah, you're right. I, I would have to agree. Wow. It, did really complement and help in the end. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. So, um, Albert, um, I, I see you as, uh, in this, from here, both your stories, I see Albert as, as, uh, as the Illuminati pulling the strings in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so um, exposing, exposing Raph to, to, to this, um, to this new field that would say not new and relatively it's been around for years yeah, but new to him and and um the the path that he was on with regards to the 3d mod- uh, modeling so um with that being said how how um has that affected both of your your lives and the people around you um after sort of forming this uh your brand south whisperer workout or s s uh wbw Wait, yeah, SWBW. So you got the name wrong? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, oh no. Oh, no. I've just lost the spot. Yeah. But um, <laughs> no, it's been very community-based almost, I would say, because if we're relating to the classes we've been doing over the past two years, if you look or had a, like a almost preview for yourself, if you see the videos or if you come to one of the classes yourself, you see a lot of, different people from different type of backgrounds that you probably never see meet each other under normal circumstances. Like everyone's just become very social and interactive and maybe even me outside of that. So it's a very um, complimenting and social or positively social environment that you can create just doing things like this. So it's affected people around us in a very good way, I'd almost say, because it started from maybe just the two of us doing little workouts in the park. And as I was saying earlier, you might have one or two people watching. Then it started with a close friend of ours joining our classes as well. Then maybe a second person, Mm. then a third and a fourth. And then before you know it, we have an actual class that we're running every Saturday. So yeah, it's been very, very good in that sense. And even before we started the brand, 
I think that's what kind of almost motivated and instigated us to creating a brand because a lot of people gave us a lot of motivational speaks, like people older than us saying it's really good what you two are doing, like doing workouts together, very disciplined and consistently and a lot of creative different type of workouts that we were even doing in front of people. So they would have to come over and almost query what we were doing, thinking, oh, wow, that's really interesting. Like, what does this do? Like, why yeah. are you doing it kind of thing? So, yeah, it's been very interesting in that sense, the type of people we've even met ourselves and people giving us advice and vice versa and just almost staying in contact as well. So you meet a lot of different people from going down this avenue and seeing what kind of things they do in their general day-to-day -day life. But it's it's a good icebreaker to sum it up even. That's one way I'd definitely put it. Yeah. I mean, how do you how do you guys feel personally when you when you see, for example, um, where sort of a, you know our background is is in the UK is 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 a minority, uh, social and economic my, my, uh, minority. Mm. Um, so, how do you guys feel when when you can actually expose all these different um, these different methods of training and all this new information that wasn't necessarily directly available for people or it was available via the internet but they didn't know where to start and, and where to look um how, how do you guys feel about being the being the um the first entry point for a lot of people to to, to get fitter and, and leave it lead a healthier uh, lifestyle um i'd say first off it's flattering because you kind of you have a humble opinion of yourself. You always think, you know, you're just two guys who train and you kind of, I'd say, underestimate your, your you might as well say your knowledge, your experience and your fitness. So when people come to question you, you always have that kind of inclination in the back of your mind. Like, why are you coming to me? I, like, like you could go to someone else. Like, <laughs> And it, I guess it's human nature, isn't it? Like to always kind of question yourself. But it's it's really good because you think well all of the stuff we've put into practice for ourselves for the last you know as i say five to eight years mm. the fact that someone has you know struck up the courage i'd say even you know to come over and like talk to us ask what we're doing and then even so much so forth like ask um can we you know come back and do a class and you know or do a pt session one-to-one -one? and when they keep coming back, when they start to become more confident in themselves, when they start to learn stuff and, you know, feel really happy, that's, I think that's the thing that really gets us is when you see the enjoyment and fulfillment in themselves, because I think the one thing we can both agree is a lot of people will always start a session and say, oh, I'm not as fit that's as you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like you lot are going to kill me. I'm not really good at it. And but then... the times now, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. And they surprise themselves. Mm. Like, we always believe in people and we love it when they finally start to build their self-confidence. So applying any sort of knowledge we can and obviously, you know, techniques and fit, uh, in the fitness industry that we have learned, giving it to people and doing it constantly and even bringing in more people, as Albert said, bringing people together who are now in themselves starting to train a different way, even when they're away from us. It's, mm. I'd say it's fulfilling. It's really fulfilling. Yeah, so um, sticking to that point, um, from what I've seen on Instagram, the the um, the atmosphere at, at your open workout sessions, because am I right in saying that you have a free open workout session on a Saturday? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. That yeah, is yeah. correct. 
Yeah, perfect. So um, you guys have a free open session on a Saturday where people can just uh, show up. What is the main tool that you guys use, or what is the? How do you build that atmosphere, and what what is it that allows people? to to um to sort of join your sessions because it is quite intimidating at first if you've never done fitness before um or haven't done it in a long time what do you find helps with sort of breaking the ice and 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 creating that environment for for um people to come and join you guys um i think one thing that we're lucky that we don't even have to make a notable attempt to do is that people a lot of people say we have a very welcoming energy about us for some reason so they say we're very <laughs> approachable so, yeah yeah it's true a lot of times Rafa, so yeah. all different ages um different people we've never met they as Rafael said they'll come up to us and ask can we join your class or like what kind of things you do so yeah. and then they'll as you said they'll hear about the Saturday class and almost be surprised that it's free it's like yeah we just created this from years ago and we just want people to come and almost enjoy themselves. Of course, the fitness side is going to be the um, of the end result that you want to get out of it. But at the same time, you don't want people to come there and feel like they're forcing themselves to get fit in a way that they don't enjoy. Because as you said, it can be very yeah. intimidating. But when they see even the other people that we've already started training with, they're very welcoming in themselves as well. So compared to what it looks like from a distance, like a lot of intimidating guys just working out and screaming and shouting this <laughs> it's actually very um it's a very encouraging environment regardless of your fitness level at all so by having that it kind of introduces you to other um selling points almost so whether that's other classes or doing one-to-one -one sessions with that said individual that's come to the class so they can have a bit more of a um concentrated session where you can work on just um, individually rather than just about the energy itself. So it's just having, let's say, that Saturday class here definitely branches out a lot of different avenues for us in the selling point aspect. So, yeah, I think if it, if it is true that we are very welcoming people, then we just have to capitalize <laughs> on that, basically. So, yeah, just we just try to just be ourselves, really. We don't try to oversell what we're doing. We just, if people want to approach us, we just tell them, exactly what it is we're about and if they're interested in joining us then we're more than welcome to come so yeah that's just pretty much what we do right now amazing amazing so um also so when you google southwest bro workout um i can see that that you hold it in um is it slade slade um, green slade garden yeah yeah, yeah. Slade Gardens. I, I keep <laughs> yes. Slade, Slade Gardens. The North London, um, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Oh no. Yes. Yeah, so, um, Slade Gardens, and it's slap bang in the centre of your of of your community, right? So, I'm just just a quick question, actually. Does do the people that show up on a Saturday? Is that gen? Do that? Does it um reflect your community and? And if so, what are the ranges like? Is it like? Is it only? Is it like a minorities? Is it? Is it also? Uh, is there? Is is it also white? Which the UK is predominantly. Do you have males? Uh, um, do you have men and women that show up as well? So just to give the listeners a, a, an idea of the range of uh, of people that show up to your classes and the type of classes that you actually provide to your your local community. Oh, so that's quite interesting because um, as Albert said, when we first started out. 
you know, it was initially just us two. It was um, one other guy was um, Jesse, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Jesse, yeah. the white guy. Um, yeah, just to put just that out, <laughs> white guy. Yeah, so he was like in like in a sense after Southwest Bro started, he was the first person to you know to officially start training with us when the brand started rolling. But um, obviously, to cut a long story short, as time moved on, more people came, and the. The actual range of people was very, very um, diverse. I mean, we've got sometimes you'll have someone who's a 60 year old, like, you know, Jamaican guy. We've had an American professor like who's in his 40s. Um, Yeah, I know it's crazy. He's he's uh, been a consistent, um, you know, participant. He's always there. Um, We've had this guy called James. Um, He. He works in, I think it's insurance or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so insurance yeah, company. yeah, another white guy, insurance company, like based in central London. Um, we've had a few women like um, join as well. I mean, we've had this um, woman called Sandra. She was like 40 um, and she stuck with us quite well a long time. She's Portuguese, but obviously, mm. you know, British spoken. So, and yeah, and then you just get the other various, obviously, you know, the minorities. I know that sounds a bit bad, but you get the rest of us. You get the rest of us. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's actually been very diverse. To go back to what Albert was saying, we've literally like had a class now that brings in people from all different walks of life. I, I can very much guarantee that we would have probably never spoken to these people mm. because there was no sort of um you might as well say collective to bring us together in a sense like there was no interest like you probably might have seen these people in the street and never known them but like this fitness class just happened word of mouth and then the next thing everyone's meeting up and have you might as well say become really good friends it's gone mm. beyond the you know the business partner kind of thing of like oh we're the trainers you're the trainee we've actually met up with these people outside of um you know the training classes so yeah the the, it's very diverse it's welcoming to everyone and it's pleased us in a way because we've even gotten feedback from someone who said that you have a very um um, welcoming environment where you know most other fitness um i'd say brands or industries they'll have a you know a select kind of um, group of people either of a certain age a certain uh, yeah that already like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Whereas, very <laughs> isolated. yeah very that's perfect way to put it very isolated where ours is kind of like just come along that's it and you never mm. see one like um one or two people who come from the exact same background it's always one or two different people come from something different train a different way but i don't know live in a different city even things like mm. that someone mm. even came down from wow. well, was it wales or something something crazy like that yeah yeah wow. so that's what i'm saying it's it's as i said earlier it's flattering when you think people have felt comfortable enough to come and join our workout and actually come back not just for the fact that they're getting the training results as albert said but the mm. fact that they're enjoying it they're, and they're enjoying the people around them and even so much that they don't just head off like i mean you've seen it yourself jonathan they stay behind and they're chatting yeah, and yeah. It's really, it's such a really, you know, communal-based um, yeah. um, brand, you might as well say. It's definitely a community-based thing. Yeah, 
I mean, um, not to not to not to get carried away too much here, mm. but I think it's quite powerful that you guys offer a service where where people um, in your community wouldn't have access to maybe a many free sort of workout sessions provided by the government, and uh, and obviously we're in the UK, so our government funds our health mm. service, mm. right? So there's not there's not that many free services available for just general fitness, you know. Um, unless you're sort of morbidly obese, I think they give you a free gym membership or something like that. So the people that are stuck in between are the people that need sort of want to be healthier. But other than the government saying you're five a day and, and other sort of recommendations, there's no real um, place where they can, you know, show up and, and work out and, and speak to each other. But you guys have actually just um, provided that. Um, so that being said, have um have either of you guys um sort of showed up to to any other brands um workout sessions well yes actually yeah we have we have um two years ago i think we because social media is a very powerful and influential platform we've been able to follow and almost briefly talk to other fitness brands people doing their own type of thing you could say organizing their own type of classes where people come together and do training sessions so there was this group um and well funny enough another a pair of brothers as well that we spoke to two years ago yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we spoke to them two years ago and we was always trying to arrange a time where we could meet up and have a little whether it was a talk or just a little session because it was summer we thought you know it was a good opportunity to meet different people so we eventually got that organized and we arranged to meet at Clapham Park because they have a outdoor um, pull-up bar area as well where you can do a lot of body weight calisthenics based exercises so yeah we yeah. did that so we did our training we finally met them spoke to them they were a very humble pair they had a very organized thing that they were, had going on as well so they had their own merchandise as well actually printed out they were, um Whoa. Well, so yeah, they had their own cameraman as well that was helping do professional footage of their videos, things like that. They're very strong guys as well, actually, very humble. A lot of the things that they, yeah, yeah, a lot of the things they were able to do are things that we would still almost aspire to do. I'd say so. It's a, it's very humbling to see things that you would still like to reach and not quite there yet, and then vice versa with them. I'm, I can imagine as well. So, yeah, we. So they're like the. Like the kung fu masters of the um, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the sensei so yeah we've been able to yeah. almost network with different type of people over the last two three years now so it's not as we said when it comes to the classes we don't try to keep it too isolated whether it's people who have a more established business then we'd like to learn from them as well because there was also who was it um humble strength Humble Strength, yeah, they, around the same time, actually, we met this, this group of people called, they're called Humble Strength, and they're, you could imagine on a whole other level of um, fitness and strength in terms of what they could do, but yeah. they, again, very humble people, they were just giving us a lot of advice, a lot of business advice as well, actually, because they could see what we were wearing, they could see we were trying to start up our own type of fitness business, in a sense, as well. Oh yeah, they could. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they were just like the other two. They were giving us their own advice on how they got to where they are, and they have their own, maybe you could say, personal backstory and why they decided to do what they're doing. So it, it branches you out to meet a lot of different 
humble people who are doing their own thing. And it's not, it's nice to see that it's not hostile because when you see another business over there, that you almost think competition straight away, but it's never, we've never had that kind of thought or energy with the type of people that we've yeah. met, which is, yeah, it's been very fortunate and nice at the same time. So, yeah, I think you're, you guys are in a, probably in a position where, um, the competition is not um is not the main th- there's enough people right there's enough there's a population of yeah. 60 million right and um what it is is i'm seeing these larger gyms you know um not naming anyone <laughs> these larger yeah. gym groups <laughs> that sort of yeah that's that sort of hoover up a lot of graduates and a lot of people from college and universities to, to come into their to to sort of um to indoctrinate them into into their way of of dealing with business so um it's a question for you albert so with that being said with the larger with the larger um gyms and and what i asked previously with you guys showing up to anybody else's uh, um training Mm -hmm. sessions are you seeing the industry sway towards a more decentralized um um method of, of of sort of training people are, are you finding a lot of personal trainers are building their own brands and training a pocket of people where otherwise those people would have joined a larger gym and and sort of gone to to these to these superpowers <laughs> of, of the fitness world um what are you seeing are you seeing people join gyms or are you seeing them decent decentralized way of, of of working out i think to be fair you could still say you're seeing a bit of both actually you're, you're still seeing a, as you say a sway of people making their own entrepreneurial movements where they can build their own fitness brand even if it's a little group of six people they're training so it's a bit more it breaks that kind of initial business barrier and thinking about the the money that's involved so you're still seeing a bit of both because a lot of different business corporations or gym brands just appear out of nowhere and you'll just see it because you know you have a lot of um what what's the word um what's it called What's that? Um, lost me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you see a lot of different gyms appear out of nowhere and do, they'll do it in a very influential areas where they know people have money. That makes sense. So it just makes it easier to grab a lot of members and clientele that, let's say, to be honest, it's their first time going into a fitness environment. So they don't really know what they're doing. So it's very easy to grab people from that unaware or uneducated background so you still have people who um go to the more centralized fitness environment in that sense but on the polar other end you do still see people that just want the back to basics exercise they just want to they just want to know that they can meet whoever they're meeting and be able to know that they can have these goals that they want to reach accomplished by this said person and feel comfortable while they're doing it because as I was saying earlier with joining a fitness company right at the start before I could do my own self-employed work, you have to really become a salesperson and actually not trick, trick is the wrong word, but convince them in a way where they might sign up to, who knows, three different classes and four different programs before they even know how to do a press up, for example. So they've spent a lot more money than knowing what they're actually supposed to be doing so there's feel like in that sense there's a lack of guidance it's just about getting the numbers you could say whereas when you do it in smaller groups it's a bit more 
I think there's a bit more dedication there because you can actually concentrate on that person and there's a bit more passion there rather than thinking about the business aspect all the time. So, yeah, you're still seeing a balance yeah. of both. And, well, even especially now, seeing that a lot of people have to work outside now, so maybe that could create even a further shift. But I guess we'll probably, time will tell on that oh, yeah. one. So, yeah. Yeah, that being said, with, with, the, with, the, business, um, with the business discussion uh, surrounding... Um, your your guys's um brand uh, and business. Are you guys um, or do you guys have any plans of building a gym in London or or a, a, a pocket of small gyms across South London, um in in the future? Um yeah definitely um it's actually one of our next um milestones to reach is we've. Um, been saving as much as we can and continuously saving to at the very least start off with a gym space something you know we can build mm -hmm. up because we have oh, yeah like yeah because gym, we have yeah. ample amount of equipment now that you know we have to literally put in a black box like a black chest because we've got yeah because we've got okay. nowhere to actually put it and because there's been a lot of times when we're thinking, oh gosh, you know, we don't live in a tropical environment where, you know, it's guaranteed to be sunny for what, eight, eight months in the year. Yeah, 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 and yeah. then, you know, then there's the wet season. British weather, as we know, is temperamental. So there can be a lot of times where we're running a class um, and, you know, we have to kind of hope the weather is going to behave at the very least, not pour down. And it really started to make us think that we need, we definitely need a um, a gym space so we don't have to worry about whether we're going to cancel a class or reschedule it. Um, the other thing, reason why we wanted to get a gym space is that even though, you know, going back to what we were saying about a welcoming environment with our classes, there's still some people who don't feel comfortable in the park because they're still being watched by onlookers or that's what they obviously you know will be thinking in the mm. back of their minds so i feel like it creates a bit of anxiety and i'd say um they feel a bit yeah. self-conscious thinking if i'm working out oh someone's gonna see me or oh, they might you know especially with how social media is people record stuff cruelly and they put it out online and that person you know will think about things like that which is understandable so having a gym space means they're in the comfort of just being around us they're behind they're in closed walls and they work they can work out comfortably without having to worry about um onlookers and yeah it's just it's so many benefits really just to having our own gym space because you know it's just safer in in that sense as well and we can probably do a lot more with that as well more yeah, more, more classes buy more equipment that we can actually just set up and leave there rather than you know having to always dismantle it and then re and then reassemble it and then dismantle it we can just get actual solid equipment we can put in there and you know not worry about theft either because that's another thing <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> i just think that is true because gym equipment yeah. is really quite expensive and people that's something that people just lift and it's so funny that people i, I guess like stealing weights in a way is trying is getting the thief a bit thicker <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> that's, that's what gets me oh god so um casey do you have any other questions um well with that being said with all of you guys uh basically give us regarding the brand um 
what's uh what's the next step within the next uh i would say within the next five to ten years where do you guys see yourselves uh with the brand and how big do you think it can eventually eventually become well i think basically bouncing off of Raphael's question so i think the next movie we want to do in terms of trying to get a gym space or a box gym would carry over to the next five to possibly 10 years in terms of the movement we want to make so whether that's just the one space mm. that we have and we carry on doing our outdoor classes or potentially if things go progress in a very positive way we could have several places all around london um, of box gyms where we can do our different classes on different days it gives people a lot more options in terms of coming from different areas as well and maybe even try to do more online um, classes or videos that we've been funny enough providing over the last two months so just basic home workouts for people to do who lack um, variety of equipment or space for things for them to do so just to have that option still there for people who don't have time to come for classes so we want to be able to reach out to different types of people who lack um yeah you yeah. just lack um just the options you might have to come to have time to come to a class let's say you're in full-time employment or have a very hectic schedule on your on its own so we just want to be able to reach out to as much people as possible because yeah we're not we're too we're not too concerned about how many people know us we just want a very consistent client base that we can always be able to help which we've also already had so far with the group of women and people we train on a saturday class so yeah, in terms of the next five to ten years, that's what we're hoping to achieve and even bring out more merchandise as well, actually, because there's a lot of people who have asked for, you know, winter gear, summer gear, just things like that, because everyone loves, you know, superficial things, which is which is nice. So, um, yeah, if we can be able to, <laughs> we, if we can, <laughs> it's just true, so you just go with what's happening yeah. now. So if we can, um, as well as the, the more business side, if we can get our merchandise just seen more in person then that would that'd be great as well so sounds great um would that would that also include uh possibly building an app um for mobile phones which would allow people to kind of see um more in depth of what you guys are all about or even getting in touch with you guys where you guys could interact with them on a on a bigger scale yeah um funny enough we had a discussion about that the other day and we was thinking um it'd be great to have something like that especially you know with the current you know pandemic where people have not been able to um be in touch with each other physically or mm. even so much to say some people don't have a laptop i mean i know it's 2020 but you know not everyone is you know fortunate enough to have either a good internet, good PC, good laptop, whatever, or even a tablet. Um, so we thought like, you know, an app, a lot of a lot of people have smartphones. They're readily mm. available at various price ranges. Pretty much anyone can have them. You know, little kids have them at mm. eight years old. Yeah. Um, better phones than us, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, um, I feel like an app would be very handy because it could help so many different people. It could show them... The classes we do mm. i mean as albert said we're already recording the classes we do and putting them on youtube so if we were able to do something similar where we're able to provide even stretching exercises little things like that um how to sh um how to warm up your body um 
even using the massage gun that we got recently, which is tremendous help because a lot of people don't realize that there's, you know, certain problems with your body where it's actually not an injury. It's just like either a trapped nerve, it's tight muscles, it's knotted muscles, or it's just you need to stretch. So I could imagine we could apply things like that to the app where, as you said, um, as I said earlier, it will be easier to access. You can just tap in. Um, going back on what you were saying, you can contact us further as well, which would make it easier because, you know, um, trying to write emails and stuff, I feel like yeah, yeah. that's a bit, yeah. you know, a bit a bit too much. So mm. an, an app is definitely on the agenda. I think that's probably, mm. I'd say probably the more closer next closer, step. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. Just like you said, most people nowadays, they don't want to like type an email and then it's more intuitive to just jump in your app and just get in touch with your trainer. Yeah. And yeah. No, that's, um, that's, that's interesting. I can't wait to get the app actually, because I'd love to use that too, to be honest. So, so would we actually. Um, yeah. Funny enough, we do sometimes look at ourselves and think, Hold on a second. There's a video we can use, and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're sometimes thinking, "Oh, what kind of ab workout am I gonna do today?" And then mm. I said, "Like, oh wait a minute, we just recorded one the other day. Like, <laughs> like, like we're practicing. We're not really practicing what we really." <laughs> certain basic things you can tell people to give them like a broader sense of what they should be should be targeting and um putting into their body on a daily basis let's say in terms of having a colorful plate that's always a good go-to in terms of having not necessarily the mainstream five a day of your salads but just to know that you're changing it as frequently as you can in terms of having your necessary fruits and um necessary macronutrients so that's basically your your carbohydrates fats and your and your um protein basically so it's just 
and even down to your calorie intake depending on your fitness goals that you might want to work at a calorie deficit if you're trying to lose weight um or work at a mm. surplus which basically means you need to exceed your calorie intake to make sure you're gaining weight per se so that's of course more on the fitness side but just on the day-to-day just making sure you put in the necessary little well, let if we're going back to basics in terms of your water intake that's always important regardless of the time of year making sure you get your standards let's say two liters or more a day just to keep yourself hydrated because water alone does so many benefits in terms of your red blood cells and things like that and making sure you get enough meals in a day and making sure you space them out in a way that your your body can function and digest them in a clean way so not trying to let's say gorge a lot in one space and then not eat for four to five hours like try to space them out two to three hours maybe six small meals decent size um easy meals as well as long as they're to some degree they're still healthy but they're practical in a sense where you know you can keep up that momentum from week to week rather than starting healthy and maybe falling off the wagon and having hot noodles or something like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the 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 colorful plate thing is is mm. quite interesting, um, because I personally have been trying to to sort of introduce more more sort of color and more variety in in the food that I'm that I'm cooking mm. on a day to day basis, um, and that seems to be a really good rule of thumb if you're somebody like me who who has a who, right. who has a young family, um, in where it's kind of you don't always um it's always you you're always thinking of value right so you're buying bulk like i'm gonna buy chicken i'm gonna buy uh mince meat i'm mm-hmm. gonna go and buy fish uh, like salmon in in large amounts so it's, it's what you're adding to it so the colorful plate is quite interesting because you'd be quite um it sounds boring but usually you'd say all right let me just boil some rice let me have some pasta let me have some potatoes mm-hmm. and just have that with with the meat that's all seasoned up and stuff but when you start to think about all right let me see what i can add here you're gonna get add you know um cabbage cucumber and different types of things as well because you don't want your plate just looking beige and going off that rule of thumb i'm thinking to it now like just applying that on on a regular basis actually does really help um subconsciously just think oh this plate looks doesn't look very colorful and you just chop a tomato and add it on there if that makes sense you know that's really really um (laughs) quite useful advice as well um so moving on from uh the nutrition because i'm definitely sure we're going to have you guys back on to give us some some um some nutrition and and, and health tips and, uh, and um workout training tips and and things like that um where can people find some of this information that you that you have because you said before that you have a library of videos that people can access um where can they access that and where can they find you on well, social media might as well plug away so um well we we had a website um built for us by a very genius person i'm just gonna inflate his ego to be fair he he has supported us immensely and Mm. the website he made is brilliant so you can literally just search for us on Google Southwest for a workout or write swbw.co.uk. Um, as I said, we're, you would see us straight away on Google um, first search result. Um, that website basically has 
pretty much everything we do on there in terms of the videos we make, um, any other little posts or stuff like that. We're looking to hopefully do a Patreon as well, which will start eventually. Um, so yeah, that that's one of the places. Um, we're mostly active right now on Instagram and YouTube. YouTube is where we've recently started to put most of our, um, I'd say our long base vids. So they can be from like 10 to 25 minutes long, which is like a full full on um, class where you'll have, you know, the warm up, um, you'll have the mobility dynamic stretching, you'll have the explanation of the workout, you'll have the workout itself. Um, and then you'll have the cool down and the stretching all included with um, breaks and everything like that. So those actual long videos can be found on YouTube. And then Instagram is kind of our, I wouldn't say our dumping ground, but it's kind of like, it is kind of where we put <laughs> stuff. Like at first we were just kind of throwing stuff up there and then we started to consolidate and, you know, put, I'd say a bit more strategy in the things we were posting. Like we mm. would post a class. We would post maybe a, a nutrition post. Um, we would post something new we've learned and like how it might benefit your body, like a new mm. sort of um, training regimen, a new um, workout, a new, even a new trick or something like that. So, um, yeah, on Instagram, yeah. same thing, Suffer for a workout. You can find us there. Um, and I think that's about it. We do have Facebook as well, but that's basically just Instagram. But if people prefer to use Facebook, you can find us on there as well. And I think Twitter as well. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Twitter is a bit mad for us, but it's there. <laughs> it is there. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're pretty much on, you know, like yeah. the main, you know, so, um, social it's media platforms. Yeah. But as I, as I said um, earlier, we're mostly active on YouTube, on Instagram. So, if anyone, you know, needs any sort of um, new training format or just something they just want to do because they have no ideas or, as Albert said earlier, you're lacking sort of um, training equipment, I'd say hop over to YouTube and check it out. As I said, we've been doing this for the past two and two and is it two months? Two months, yeah. Yeah, so, over, yeah. so literally from the start of the COVID-19 um, lockdown, we basically instantly that week started pushing videos out and we've been doing it ever since and so yeah if you're interested tune in there yeah, we're gonna have more and the nutrition's still a secret yeah, yeah. <laughs> until next time <laughs> uh, that's great that's great well i'm gonna put a, uh, the links in our in our description for uh, for this episode so uh, hopefully people can can come and find you um now that you've plugged away and everybody's liked liked your page, um, they've also got the opportunity to to uh, lament and scream <laughs> at you. <laughs> Following my next question, derp, derp, derp. politics, uh, politics, okay. politics. Uh, well, it's not really politics. I mean, everybody knows about the um, the very very sad situation happening mm. in America right now um, with the recent police um, brutality on people mm. of our of our background um per se um you know relatively and historically they're Absolutely. our brothers and cousins aren't they um over you know being being us being descendants of the west indies it's, it's, it hits home a lot harder because the difference is they were just on a ship that just kept going whilst we you know just got off earlier and they just continued down to to towards the carolinas and, and florida right so 
that being you know that being said so what is your what's your view on on what's going on in america right now because currently it's burning like there's there's uh, police stations being set on fire there's rioting going on the president is talking about um you know uh, about looting mm. and 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 things like that what what are your guys's view on it well i mean it's it's the result of what keeps happening that shouldn't be happening at this point man's like do mm. you'd like to think if we we're talking about years ago it could have been solved in a more let's say just way but i'd almost say that this is we're looking at the inevitable situation that's come come about from the police brutality that's been happening over the many years now it's just it's gotten to a point yeah. where a lot of people would argue well you know people shouldn't riot people shouldn't loot etc but it's like what more options are you expecting black people to explore at this point if you know what i mean yeah. i mean yeah i think um one interesting if you look at history with regards to these things so a lot of the great revolutions started on well they'll say it's like a riot i guess a, a revolution mm. is potentially mm. a riot that where where the rioters kind of won i guess because the history you know they say the women mm, yeah, usually yeah. write the history so if you think about you know the french revolution you know um if you think about how america actually became america as well with um was that whole situation of dumping the tea to 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 not pay taxes and then eventually it's mm. sort of spiraling out of control um you, you've got Martin Luther King that's saying that rioting and and is is the is is it the language of the people that aren't unheard mm. uh, along those lines? It, I think the saying goes along those lines. Sorry if I'm butchering it, um, but it's just really interesting because I I took a chance to go back and have a look on um, the history of the UK riots because there was a ton of UK riots. My dad um, came during the Windrush, and the police brutality was ridiculous. Mm. Was really ridiculous. You even had people at the National Front or the Front National, as they say, were walking around um, trying to protest and the police were letting them protest mm -hmm. and it just triggered riots. So my dad was around in a few of those and it's always sparked with either a child getting cut, um, uh, a black person getting blinded. Um, so things like the Stephen Lawrence um, situation that happened um, in the UK, uh, in London, that was happening mm -hmm. a lot. And... Uh, behind those a number of riots happened and if you see now in the past 10 to 20 years you've only had maybe three three or four which mm. is way too many if you ask me um situations where black people have died in police custody and a riot was was triggered so um one of the most recent being um yeah yeah that was the most recent one and out of those fours, the other one was um, the Charles de Menendez mm. at um, Stockwell Station, right? So I think over here, it looks like the government and, and, and the police force have, have adjusted and learnt the lesson to say, look, if this keeps happening, people are going to be in uproar and it's going to, one, hurt the perception of how we're supposed to be protecting the public. And it's also going gonna, gonna to hurt... Um, where well, it's hurting people. People need to be, you know, heard and looked after and treated the same. And I think the US are not necessarily getting to that, getting that point, the US police force, because they have that thing about being, you know, um, like a fraternity, yeah. you know, where um, when, a, when, a, when a police 
policemen have this come they go on administrative leave and still get paid and things like that when when it results in a death whilst over here if, if a police officer now shoots somebody there's a cool down period immediately where they're not able to go on duty there's a bunch of paperwork that gets done mm-hmm. and it goes in front of a judge and um from what i understand usually that police officer loses his his firearms license if he shoots if he shoots it without um yeah without you know proper cause you know so yeah so so that's that's what really happens and to be honest i'm quite i'm quite glad it's like that in the uk because um officers are, are a lot a lot better trained when it comes to that um with, with firearms and just not shooting people indiscriminately because i think Definitely. the death toll would be crazy over here just like it is in the states if it was just similar but um yeah i think it's just it's just interesting to see like the trigger of riots i mean riots at nobody sh- we don't condone burning down of anything of homes mm. and businesses or anything like that but i mean the s- people in the states black people in the states uh, they've only been free for around 50 years mm. if that uh, around 50 years am i am i right where they where they could properly vote outside of segregation and stuff like that and then on top of that they're not being heard when things mm. like this happen on a frequent basis will smith said it best where he said Racism isn't getting very true. Being yeah. filmed. You know, so hopefully everything gets resolved in the states. I've heard that the police officer involved got trialed yeah, for third degree murder, degree manslaughter, yeah, and manslaughter. Yeah. So the problem is the reason what what I heard is that um, Minnesota is probably the yeah, it's is no, it's, um, it's Minnesota, Min- Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota. Apparently, that's the only place, uh, there's only three states that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Casey, that has the third degree murder. So you have first, second, and third. Only a few states yep. have third degree murder, and that dates back uh, historically. And from what, from looking at a lot of legal um, reviews on it, so the reason why the officer was fired and not arrested is because I don't think the police chief has the ability to arrest one of his own officers because he's their superior so he had to fire him first now whether or not there's some mm. sort of cool down period i'm not sure and whether or not the policeman's union came in to tell him like you know don't don't do this and don't do that or you have to look at the evidence properly or try and save the guy but all i know is that he got fired and he got trialed with third degree now what i understand is third degree and manslaughter is kind of like negligence where you push somebody mm, over yeah. and they bump their head and they die right um the push is intentional so you wanted to do something so i guess wanted to restrain him or whatnot but the ne- i don't know you can't really explain that to me that's full-blown murder but legally i guess mm. <laughs> you know you have to the go through these, these semantics mm. um yeah and the technicalities and also you have to be very precise because if they say they want him for first or second degree and he beats the case, yeah. Then he'll walk away, right? But if you get him on the manslaughter plus the other thing, then he can serve minimum twenty-five years, which I think mm. is mm. is fair. Um, should have been more. <laughs> yeah. I disagree with that. <laughs> but minimum, yeah, yeah. But being a minimum of twenty-five, you think, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, minimum of twenty five and then possibly full. I, I would yeah. say I'd say is is super fair, um, but I I think they're just giving it a, a chance where he's not going to go free. Which which is actually there's been some new information that came in that they've actually 
set his bail at 500,000. So anybody can basically postpone his bail and he can get out basically. Wait. Yes, this has uh, been used since uh, yesterday. What? And you've seen drug dealers. The biggest problem right now in America bail. is the way how the laws are written for police officers. Because for the last 18 years, a cop, he had complaints towards him. And till this day, he still maintain a job. He should have been fired years ago. He kept he, he kept doing stuff that was oh. wasn't that didn't abide by the laws of the people. And not only that, the other three cops, the one that was standing and the other two that was pinning George Floyd down on the ground, should have also been arrested for accessory of murder. Absolutely. Right now, we can all hope that things mm-hmm. are gonna get better, but the way I'm looking at it, things are gonna get worse. Because people has had enough, and not only that, but people are, they're breaking businesses. And it's unfortunate that it has to lead to that because we're going through COVID-19. Economy is taking a toll. You're breaking businesses. So when things are going to calm down, people aren't going to go back to their local businesses that are burnt down. So they won't be able to to open back up for the people. Mm. That's the biggest issue. And the second yeah. biggest issue as well is that now that everybody's outside, that's going to lead to more people being infected by the virus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, an, it's a very sad and unfortunate situation, which was coming from a mile away, but it's not going to get any better, honestly. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we'll we'll probably keep up. We'll probably keep this in our off-topic section, um, Casey, for for the podcast going forwards, and we'll probably get the guys on here yeah. for, for a roundup of this as well, um, going forwards. Um, but uh, our last question, our last question of the day, you know. Um, oh, I have to say, our hearts and thoughts um, and prayers go out to to um, to the family as well, to anybody affected mm-hmm. by police brutality. You know, um, as well as the COVID deaths in recent times as well. Um, so that being said, going forwards now, um, our last question of the day that we ask all of our Bouillon Boys guests, yeah. right, is uh, what is your ideal Bouillon and what would you oh, put man. in it? <laughs> Should I go first? <laughs> I need to see how this is. This is a soup, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hmm, damn, you're getting me hungry now. I'm trying to pick this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um, I'll give you my one. My one would be uh, dashing, some dumplings, plantain. Ooh, oh, what else? Yeah. What else? Uh, uh, I might put some cabbage yeah. just to be a bit, you know, you know, a bit crazy. Uh, some noodles. Um, and the meat I would probably put in there, either right. chicken or pigtail. Um, well, I think Oof. I think I, I, I'm gonna have to jump in now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think yeah. for me, I'd have um, red pea, um, some dumplings, um, okra, and I'm trying to think what else. What else? Oof. Um, I can't remember that name. It was like. Uh, what was that? Any carbs? Any carbs in there? <laughs> definitely got to put planting in there because that would be. But it was something Ooh, else. Yeah. It was like um, my dad told me about it. it. Was in Jamaica. It's like it's called like chunks or something like that. And um, 
Yeah, it's like, like the um corn tempeh. Yeah, stuff. it's yeah. kind of like you know, like tempeh. So it's like yeah. a you know like a replacement for if you don't eat meat, but it's like really thick and chunky. So if you were you know how you would season up yard food, it's like you could do the same thing with that. Like put mm. put all purpose yeah. seasoning on it or whatever, and then bang it in. So I think that would be my ideal soup. All of that and a bit mm. more. <laughs> Yeah, it has to be all the hard and like stomach bloating food you can think of. That's green banana and all that. Yeah, green banana is what I was going to say. The boiled dumpling. I feel like I never get enough boiled dumpling in my soup. So just like (laughs) you could double up on that as well, especially the red pea, maybe even lentils as well, you know, like if it's made in a nice curry. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, the lentil bag. <laughs> yeah, the, the lentil, lentil bag. Well. All right. The red pea. Um, I'm trying to think what else, you know, but that, that pot's gonna be full, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, no, that sounds good and already. Oh, even the tuna ready. steaks as well, you know. Actually, I need some fish in there as well. So, hey, mm-hmm. man's gone the fish route as well. That sounds. That That's sounds right, tasty. That sounds tasty. Uh, but yeah. You know, thank you very much, guys, for um, appearing on our on our second episode of our podcast as well. Um, oh, really no, appreciate welcome, having man. you. On. I really enjoyed this. Um, yeah, this yeah. very deep and insightful discussion, and mm. to actually, you know, have questions about the last three years, you get them, but you never get them in depth and in full context. Like mm. this will always be a passing thing. So yeah. appreciate you two for this. Yeah. Yes. Definitely appreciate you being able to give us this time and just the platform to be able to see and almost self-reflect on what we've been able to do with ourselves and just by you guys showing the actual interest to see what we've been doing as well because like we said, whether it's in person or through a podcast platform, it's always like really, really appreciated. So yeah, it's a pleasure, man, honestly. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, We're definitely going to have you on again. Just we're we're definitely and we're we're gonna um pick your training minds. Uh, it's gonna we're gonna the next one is probably gonna be a lot more um focused on improving yourself, your um your your health and everything as well. But this is wonderful guys that things that you guys are doing in the community and around the community and the knock on effect is is um helping everybody live a lot healthier and uh hopefully longer as well so um kudos to both you guys on that and you've been doing it strong for for years and it's going to be strong for years to come so thank you very much any and nah, i just words, would like Casey? to thank you guys for being on the podcast it was really nice to meet you guys and giving us a giving us a back down a background of how you guys came about and building the brand and looking forward to seeing where it's going to become in the next uh, couple of years and you guys have pretty much you guys pretty much know your stuff you guys are very, you guys are very um, authentic in what you guys are all about. So kudos to you guys. Oh, thank you. Perfect. Yeah, cool. So, boy, your boys out. Episode two. We're gonna name this one "Selfish Bro Workout" or SWBW or something even fancier. So keep an eye out. We're on Spotify, soon to be on YouTube, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Boy, your boys out. <laughs>